0: Will you bow your heads in prayer with me this morning? God, we come before your presence with thanksgiving. We ask that you would speak to us this day. In your name we pray. Amen. I have a question for you. Uh, Have you ever been part of history? You know, something, a historical event that took place and you were part of it. Can you raise your hands? Yes, maybe. And those who are watching online, I'm actually on our Facebook page here. If you have an event that you would like us to know about, that you were part of, uh, something pretty cool, uh, please type that in the comment section and I'll read that and share it with the church here. So we'll see if this works or not. So I'm kind of urging the 65 people who are watching to do that. (laughs) Uh, If you could please uh, type in something that you're part of. The one thing that I want to tell you is uh, part of history that I was part of that was pretty pretty cool for me. For the past 12 years, I've been uh, watching Super Bowl with my favorite watching companion, that is my almost 13-year-old Samira. And I can tell you exactly where I was and how loudly I was screaming when Tom Brady threw an incomplete pass and the Eagles won the Super Bowl. You all remember that? Right? Right? You were there. You were at that cross-section uh, of time. And you, you can kind of like transport yourself uh, to that place to that uh, moment. Um, All right, let's keep looking here. And the other one, uh, a a friend of mine, um, she's a little bit older uh, than than I am, we were talking about making history and doing, being part of history, and she told me the story. She said, Johnson, even now, I know exactly where I was in my kitchen when my mom heard on the radio that President Kennedy died. Remember that? Right? There, there are those events in our lives uh, that are so crucial uh, that we can kind of go back uh, to that time. You know, and there are times in our lives, as well, history is happening around us, and we don't have a clue that we are part of something significant. I remember uh, hearing this story, and this happens to us quite a bit, actually, I remember hearing the story from Len Sweet, who was uh, a president for Drew Theological Seminary, and he recalls the story um, of a civil rights champion. became Before he became famous, uh, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Before he was famous, Dr. King uh, taught a seminary class. He taught a preaching class to a bunch of students, and these students, uh, these graduate students, thought that they were. Um, Doing well, they you know they thought they was, he was just another guy who was teaching, and he would Dr. King would grade papers and give it back to them, and most of the most of the students in his class took that and just threw that in the trash. They never knew the significance of what they were hearing, and then a couple of years later, Dr. King um, gave became a champion for civil rights, and that's the only seminary class he ever taught. Sometimes history happens within us and, and before us, and we forget uh, what this is. I'm just looking at my phone to see if anybody wanted to share something. All right, Matt says, I remember in school walking into social studies class and on TV seeing the second plane and that hit the World Trade Center. You remember that? It was a Tuesday morning, right? Remember that. History happens around us, and sometimes we know it grabs us, and other times history happens, and we don't even notice that it is happening. So this morning, um, the scripture that was read to us is all about creating history. I want you to kind of place that uh, in that backdrop, if you will. Matthew, a disciple of Jesus Christ, is documenting a historical event for us. Matthew wants the reader to know what had taken place. You know, in verse 18, this is what we read. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. Matthew is making a link here to what was shared earlier. Earlier was shared about the genealogy of Jesus. And now Matthew is documenting the events that took place in the life of Jesus. But before we jump into the story of Jesus, I want to pause and make us aware of something. A New Testament scholar named G.E. Ladd, he notes that the opening of the gospel story that we see when you read any of the gospels, we read angels coming and prophets being spoken of. But actually, if you look at it, it had been about 400 years since God spoke to the people of Israel. G.E. Ladd notes uh, that period as the intertestamental period because Malachi was the last prophet that spoke. And then you have the Gospel of Matthew where angels are coming into, uh, and visiting people like Mary and Joseph. For 400 years, there was complete silence. The people of Israel were longing for God to establish God's throne in Jerusalem for the son of David no longer was seated as king in Jerusalem. The people of Israel, even though they were living in their own land, they did not feel like they were home as a foreign emperor was ruling over them. I want you to know how clearly know that they needed a prophet to visit them. There was no one who stood up and said thus says the Lord. There were no angels, no son of David. Israel feels like she has been abandoned by God. That is where the gospel's open. It is in that in that tone is where the gospel of Matthew opens. And we read these words at a time where there were no prophets, no angels, no king of Israel. We read these words in the Matthew's gospel, verse 18. We read, his mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a faithful to the law. And yet, did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. Here, the word "pledged" or to be married. Some Bible translations have it as the word "engagement." See, when I, when you, when we read this words, right? When we read, I don't want you to think this scene uh, that we might be f- uh, might be familiar to, f- to some of us that Joseph and Mary were going for a nice, beautiful, long walk. And the sun was about to set in Jerusalem, or Nazareth, where they were. And Joseph got down on one knee and gave her a diamond ring and said, Will you marry me? And Mary cried and said, Yes. And they hugged and they kissed. Familiar with the scene? Oh, come on, church. You all cannot, right? You're familiar? That did not happen. (laughs) All right? That did not happen. It was not a Hallmark movie. See, the word engaged uh, here... Uh, is, is the word engaged, the Hebrew word, is called kiddush, uh, kiddushi. Uh, and the, it's a legal term. It's a It's a legal agreement between two parties. It's a legal agreement between, most likely between Mary's family and Joseph's family. They entered into a legal agreement that their children would be married. And a year later, they would have celebrated that legal agreement. And that would have been called Nisium. And Nisium meaning marriage. At Nisium, two action steps would have happened. One was there would have been a big feast. I mean, in the New Testament, we read over and over again that Jesus showed up and there was a feast. There was a feast where people would come together. And then there was another thing that took place at when Nisium happened. And that is The groom would take the bride back to his home. See, Joseph here does not want to take Mary. It's that word, that verb I want to focus on because he found her to be pregnant. He doesn't want to take her because he found her to be pregnant. He doesn't want to marry her. He doesn't want to take her home with us. Again, living in 2020 uh, and reading this through American lenses, we might want to look down on a guy who wants to leave an unwed pregnant woman. But here it was different. Joseph, being a righteous man, decided to divorce her quietly because it was a legal agreement that they were in. He did not want to publicly shame and condemn Mary. Mary. See, the law of Moses clearly states what happens to somebody who commits adultery. In a sense, Mary here has committed adultery. But Joseph, being a righteous man, he wanted to quietly leave her. And then the angel shows up here in a dream in verse 20. The angel shows up to, Mary, uh, to Joseph and tells him to take Mary to be his wife. The word nisim is used again here. That I mentioned earlier. And then after the dream. Joseph wakes up from the dream. And walks away from it. And he, and he takes Mary. To be his wife. But here there is no celebration. There is no feast. There is, there is nothing really. He just takes. Mary to be his wife. And when Joseph woke up. He did what the angel of the Lord commanded him. To do. And took Mary to be his wife. And verse 22 kind of captures why all this history is taking place. Verse 22 kind of tells us why these events are taking place. First, the people of Israel, I want to remind you again as to what happened before. They felt abandoned by God because there were no prophets prophesying. They haven't witnessed any of that in 400 years. The throne of David is empty. And people are desperate to hear from God. Now the angel of the Lord shows up to Joseph and tells him in a dream to reconsider his thoughts about separating from his wife to be. And all this took place. All these events, all these historical events, took place. To in verse twenty two captures why all this is taking place. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord said through the prophet. The virgin shall conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. See, Matthew is really well versed in the Old Testament and he starts to see how the promises of the Old Testament are being fulfilled through Jesus. Jesus will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. God who felt distance and far away from us. Is now when is found in Jesus, this child that is being born to Mary and Joseph is going to be Emmanuel, meaning God with us forever. Friends, this morning, if you find yourself like the people of Israel, thinking that you we are living in a land that we no longer recognize, we are in a, living in a land that is foreign to us. This land we call home has been overtaken by the other. If you find yourself, and maybe these are the words you might be saying are echoing in your head that come to us from the psalmist. Psalm 42. My tears have been my food day and night while people say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul How I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the Mighty One with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. And verse 5 captures the pain of the psalmist. My soul, why are you downcast? Why are you so disturbed within me? I hope you can hear the hurt In the pain that the psalmist is expressing. Why, my soul, are you downcast within me? If so, if you are saying these words this morning, I want you to hear the words of the prophet Isaiah as a reminder that God, Emmanuel, is with us. The God we worship journeys with us. So friends, if your soul is downcast, be reminded that even though you're sad, God is with you. God is with you when you're feeling lonely and alone. When your heart is downcast, when you're down in the dumps, know that God is with you. Jesus, whom we worship, is Emmanuel. God with us. This is God walking with us. Recently, one of our church members uh, was diagnosed with, uh, with COVID. Um, and last night I spoke to her spouse. Uh, this is uh, uh, just to find out if it was okay for us to pray uh, for her husband this morning. Um, I was talking to Joyce um, and Walt recently was admitted uh, in the hospital um, uh, for COVID pneumonia. And I was, I was speaking to her uh, last night and talking to her. Um, and as we were chatting, uh, she, said, she said something very profound. She said, Pastor, I don't know how those who don't believe in God or don't have a church family go through challenges. I'm so thankful to God. And I pray all the time. And she goes on to say, I wonder if God is getting tired of me and saying, oh, is Joyce calling again? Joyce gets that God is Emmanuel, that God is journeying with her, even as their family goes through these challenges. She knows the power that God is Emmanuel in her life. Just like the gospel writer is reminding us, that the prophecies of the Old Testament, that God with us are being fulfilled in Jesus. Joyce knows that truth. And finally, friends, this morning, I want to talk about Joseph. I want to talk about Joseph. See, Joseph decides to divorce Mary, his soon-to-be wife, but yet he he doesn't say much in this story. He just does what the angel tells him to do. There are three things that... um, Joseph. Uh, there are three actions that Joseph does here. First, he decides to divorce her. Second, he listens to Mary. And third, he names his son Jesus. He gives him the name sons, Son Jesus. Here, there are three things uh, that I want to focus on. First is, he was convinced what Mary did was against the law. He, he just knew that in his heart. And he was a righteous man. He wanted to follow the law. And the angel of the Lord came and spoke to him and changed his mind. And then he named his son Jesus. In naming his son, one author said that he adopted Jesus to be his own son. Which I love, I love that story. I love that statement. This morning I want to ask you this question. What is the Holy Spirit asking you to do differently so that you can be part of history? What is the Holy Spirit nudging you to change, to go in a different direction so that you can be manual to somebody else? What is the Holy Spirit calling you to do? This morning, I want us to pause And look at the life of Joseph and ask ourselves the question, what is the Holy Spirit asking me to change? Because if Joseph didn't change, I don't know if we would be celebrating Emmanuel, God, with us today. So the question that falls on us is, if we are not willing to change and listen to the Holy Spirit, maybe, just maybe, we won't be manual to our neighbor. I want to invite you to put your hands out on your, on your lap. Open your arms and put them on your lap. And I want to pause this morning to a time of prayer so that we ask ourselves this question. God, what is it that you want me to change so that I can be Emmanuel. Let us go into a time of prayer. O God, who is Emmanuel, God with us, thank you that you journey with us, that you are present in our darkest times. O Holy Spirit, we invite you this morning, to speak to us. Prompt us and nudge us and guide us so that we can change, so that we can be manual to others. In your name we pray, amen.